Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Edit audio. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I already fucked it up. Lisa Bachner's here. Come in, come in, come in. Okay, ready? Yeah. You, you do your place so while we just do this. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's, it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here, too. Hello. Oh my God, Steph, we are actually at a bar. Mm-hmm. We are getting cocktails and yep. we are getting into everyone's business. We're it doing is happening, it. right? Yes. Can you believe it? I mean, we've been saying that in the intro for like 400 seasons and now we're actually doing we're it. We're actually doing it. Today we're at an amazing bar that Robin and I go to all the time. Bearded Lady in Brooklyn, finding people to talk to in the wild. So <laughs> I hope you got your therapist, mentor, mom, best friend hat on today. I mean, I have my margarita hat on. Yes. And I also, will, I always have my therapy hat on. Yeah, you, always. you do. Usually. Always. We usually come here and therapize each other. Okay. Well, speaking of therapy, here's what I have to say. <laughs> here's what you don't know about me, Steph. Uh-oh. Whenever I throw a party, the panic I feel that no one will show is so enormous. Okay. And is this considered a party? Well, it's not a party, but it's like we told the bar people were coming and there's like expectations. And then I'm like, oh, they're going to look back and like, she couldn't even get 15 people in this room. Oh, so you're scared of disappointing the bar staff. I'm scared of disappointing (laughs) everyone at all times. Okay. I have none of that. So what I'm lacking, maybe we can even out to like a healthy level. Yes. And yes. And yes. But I wanted to also say that you mentioned that this is a bar we come to all the time. Yes. Okay, so tell them about the Beachcomber stuff. Okay, so the Beachcomber is a beverage that comes in a pint glass that is what I want to say a concoction of many things. It comes but with a cherry Many of those in it. things are rum. I think rum. it's like six parts rum to like one part of splash Wait, of something. It's delicious. It comes Delightful. with a little like umbrella in the top, which makes me feel like I'm on vacation, even it. in the winter. And the best part is Robin never eats her cherry, so I get not one, but two cherries for my beverage. <laughs> That sounded dirty, A. B, (laughs) my thing is that, like, I like a maraschino cherry, but they are some kind of, like, it's like a brandied, it's it's like the dark ones. Like, what are those... Like, I'm a real. white trash girl. Those like, are I want the, the real maraschino Yeah, no, cherries. I want the neon red <laughs> trash ones. You're like, I want the red food dye ones. I actually don't know the difference, but I do know that cherries are not normally glowing. They're not. <laughs> okay, so here's what here's what we're going to do. Here's the format of today, folks. Okay. We're in a bar. 
we set up camp, we got a booth, and we are just going to go out into the wild, and we are going to grab people, and we are going to round robin style get round their- Round robin! You see what I did there? And we're going to get their problems, and we're going to maybe help them, and we're going to have cocktails. Yeah, it'll like be fun. Like, it's the full- Full potential of well adjusting. It's awesome. I'm excited for it. It's Robin on the street, but the street is the bar. <laughs> but I don't and the scream. bar is our I don't scream bar. like Billy. <laughs> All right, well, we better get out there because I mean I feel like I see some future guests, and I think yeah. I think that there's some rumors that some past guests may drop by and give us Ooh. an update. Oh, wait, someone's bringing a drink Thank to you. us. This is exciting. Okay. We are with two barons. Baron one and Baron two. How about you guys introduce yourself? I'm other Baron. With <laughs> two R's. <laughs> and I'm Baron. So Baron and I are engaged to be married. And we have a hold on a venue. And we're getting ready to send out save the dates. But we have a hesitation in that we live in New York. And our wedding venue that we want is in Spain. And not a like direct flight Spain either. It's like you're flying to Madrid and then you're taking a three hour train ride and then you're in the town that we want to get married in. And it's where we got engaged. So our question is, are we asking too much of the 130 people we're going to invite which you guys are both on the list. Obviously. Um, I better be on the fucking but, list. Uh, well, you're actually going to ordain. I'm you're you're, yeah, you're, you're on the list. So, uh, by the way, full disclosure, I know Maine Baron from work, and we have a tennis friend, and she called me, FaceTimed me, and was like trying to get invited into the wedding. And I was like, you better back off. And guess what? And here's the thing. She can come. Everyone can come because it is so much cheaper. We priced out venues in the U.S., and it was so much more expensive. It's way cheaper for us to do it in Spain. So we can invite more people and make like it it's, nicer. make it. Yeah, it's nicer. And so for your fear is, is it too much to ask of people to go there? Yes. And that's if so it's, interesting. If it's not. Well, we're, we're, I, I have a question to your question. Yeah. Do you have anything invested in who comes or who doesn't come? No. Okay. No. So to a certain extent. And I have experience with this because Mary and I did a destination wedding. If you have nothing invested, the way that you ask people is like, look, I would love for you to be there. There is no pressure. Give them as many details as possible. And and you give them approximate pricing. But then you all can't have feelings if important people can't make it. Because let's take it to a world where someone couldn't afford that. Yeah. You would have to be willing to understand that maybe half can't come. Are you okay with that? I think we are. I am. Are you okay with that? I would love that. <laughs> well, here's, okay, we, we <laughs> might be that. Saying, What's that mean? Does that take the pressure off? I know what it means. It means well, no, no, our weird no, cousins no, 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 aren't going to no, come. No, 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 no. No, that's You let, you that's let other parents talk. Damn it. You let him say it. <laughs> So our weird cousins don't come. <laughs> I, yeah, I do think like Yeah, but my... what if your best friend can't come? Well, we're checking with all of them. Like we've yeah. I, we've sent okay. out texts being like, does this date work for you? Can you do this? And so far everyone has said yes. Yeah, I would make two lists. Like, yes. like the list that like I will be upset if this person does not come. And then 
message those people first and honestly potentially put some of the wedding budget towards that. Like maybe that's a good know, idea. Maybe we are you can have like if it's just it money, like maybe it's five hundred dollars you set aside. Like I can give you a hundred dollars if that'll do anything. You know, if it's people that I you really that. want. No, I would well, still do that. We know the destination really well. So we could put a block on a hotel and maybe that's part of the like if anyone's just yeah. like, hey, can you help me out a little bit like this is I really want to be there, whatever. I love this idea of like a fund to just like help them out and get them there. Well, um, but I'm I wouldn't curious. offer that from the jump. No. I would offer like, I would make the list of like the people that you'll be really sad if they're not there. Everyone will be like, Send I can use five bucks. And then if someone comes back, like, I'm really not sure about it. Be like, okay, if it's financial, let us know. Cause we're saving a lot of money by having it in Europe so we can help. Or you do we do it by, we maybe subsidize the hotel. And so that way when people are going you and it's just for everyone. Yes. But I'm with Steph, but I say, wait and see how people are doing. Yeah. To me, it sounds like you all know your answer. Yeah. We want to do, do this. And I think personally, it's your day. And I think you should make it, it forever. I will forever. Mary and I have been together now for 20 years. Our wedding was in 2007. And I will forever remember that trip. It was five days. It was unfucking believable Well, I'm excited for that. Like, the people that you're going to be like, oh, you decided to fly to Madrid and get on a train and go? Like, I think that's really cool. But my one tip is make it easy for people. So, like, at the time, people were using travel agents. I had a travel agent on call. I told them when they needed to be there. I explained, like, what would be expected, what wouldn't be expected, how free they could be, how they could make it their own vacation. Like, for a lot of people, a trip to Spain is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And for those people, I would want to say to them, make it your trip. I just need you here on my wedding day. These are other activities that will be happening if you want to take part of, but I'd, I'd like you there on my wedding day. And a lot of people may bundle it into a trip. You'll be yeah. surprised. No, and it's not. It's a culturally significant place. It's not like a bumfuck middle of nowhere kind of thing. I mean, like, also, people can go to Madrid. Like, yeah. Madrid is amazing. So, are there, are there it's married? interesting because I feel like people always have the opposite problem, which is like, I want to do this wedding, but like, how do I not invite people? And yeah. your problem is like, how do I make it so that I don't feel bad for inviting all the people? So like, also think about it that way. People are probably going to feel honored to be like invited to your wedding yeah. and not like guilty if they can't make it. And by the way, I want to tell you a cautionary tale. I invited anyone that crossed my path. Mary didn't. She had about five people there. I had 50 people there. And she always regrets that. Mm. So I say, let people have agency over themselves. All right. Other Baron and Baron, thank you so much for being on Well Adjusting. I can't wait for this wedding. And also, we're going to need some social content for the Well Adjusting audience. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I love it. Thank you. We're, we're, very, thank we're you, so Robin well adjusted now. Also, congrats. <laughs> okay. I am super excited because guess who just walked in the door? None other than Susan from season two, looking for love. In all the wrong places. That wasn't the actual title, although why wasn't that the title of that episode? I think that was the title. Was it? If it wasn't, it's a mistake. Um, excuse me, folks. Not Live Robin is here jumping in to say that that wasn't the title at all. The real title was Looking for Love, Sort of. Go ahead and give it a listen. It's in season two. 
All right. So, Susan, do you know the question that I'm going to ask you is, what has happened since you were on Well Adjusting? So, here's, here's something interesting. I remember talking about wanting to be back senior year in college and having those relationships, like those intimate relationships that you have with your college friends. It's kind of hard to do with new people that you meet at this age. Since then, my best friend from college has reached out to me. Interesting. Unfortunately, she's going through a divorce, but she reached out to me and she's like, I need your help. You were right. She never got married. She never have kids. And I was like, well, you know, I'm always right, but I, I'm sorry to hear you say that. Sorry that's happening to you. Through her, then I started talking to some other college friends like I, that I didn't know got divorced. So, like, now I have these, these girls back in my life and trying, right. to, trying to figure out what weekends, like, we could get together. So that's been really interesting as well, and I'm happy for that. However... You do realize that you just completely ran around my question and talked about other people. Where are you? And by the way, the answer could be, I don't want to be dating someone. I'm oh, not interested. Oh, talking about but dating now. Yeah, yeah. The whole reason you well, were on the podcast. I know, I so, know. But, but you, 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 but that, you have a run around the question kind of personality. Then at the end, at the end of the podcast, I had that epiphany like, I don't do, need it. Do I want a boyfriend or do I need to have more intimate relationships or reconnect with some of my girlfriends? So, so that's I interesting. I thought that it was really cool that like here at the beginning of the year, I'm telling you, I was like reminiscing about college and my good friends, but... Um, in terms of dating, no, I haven't. But that gets the question. I have not and dated. I still, after sitting with you for two hours, a podcast that got edited down to 40 minutes, and now it's months later and we're doing a recap, I still don't know, do you want to be dating? Do you know? Look, I said this, I said this in the podcast that I don't want to do the work. But there's not, always going to be work in a relationship. I don't so. want to do. I don't want to do the search. I'm, I'm not going to go on the apps. I'm not going to go on the apps, and I'm not going to sort through the trash and the catfish and the married guys. Yeah, I don't have the time for that. But I've done some things. Like I got a membership at the Met. Ooh. Okay. Which means that I also, with with my membership level, I get access to like the members' lounge, so I could go to the Met by myself, where there might be. You know, yeah, men more aligned uh, uh, with yes. my interests. opportunity. I've been going out to concerts, like Carnegie Hall, doing new things tailored for, like, more people in my age. Okay. In my age range. I, I think that's interesting. What I like about it is I feel like you're saying... I'm not going to just like go to match.com. It doesn't work for me. I know that about myself, but I am willing to try to put myself out there in these slighter ways. There might be people more like me and there's more opportunity. What's good is you're not saying, I just said, fuck it, I quit. Yeah. And I also like that you're saying, I want to be with my friends. I want to be with people that like bring me joy. And then if he shows up, he shows up. If he shows up, then. But it's not the end all be all. It never has yeah. been. No, it never has been because I've, I've never wanted kids and I've never wanted to get married. Like, I've yeah. never had that, like, internal, like, you know, got to have a boyfriend sort of thing. I was more of like, I, you know, got to fly first class. Okay. I also think Actually, actually, actually you know what's funny? Too? I, 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 I think that, like, I'm so overprotective of myself from having to protect myself as a kid that, like, I have to get to know a person mentally first yes. before I open up my heart to somebody. 
and that's that's the thing. Like it's I actually am talking to a therapist about like I got to take down some of these walls because shut up. That's so good. You know, like that's so good. To the, walls to the right people. Not yes, like, yes, yes. And understanding the why of your walls. Yes. Why didn't you lead with this? I don't because I your forgot. Progress. <laughs> you forgot. That's a I'm, way. I'm on vacation brain. I have okay, vacation okay. brain. Also, that's a way bigger deal than you finding oh, a, yeah, a boy to, to tell hook you. up with. I Much started, bigger I deal. Found a, I found Well, my therapist had retired, so I hadn't. I haven't seen anyone for a while, and then I, I finally found a new person that I've been working with since September, and it's more about like it's more of a trauma. Amazing. Person. Amazing. Um. So, oh my God, yeah. I'm That's so amazing. proud of you, Susan. I'm so proud of you. And I bought some Fendi shoes yesterday because I'm a You know I don't bitch. give two shits about that, you, but I, I love that for you. I should have them for you because you would. You oh would God, with they're these, very I did cute. It. No, these are Gucci. Oh, I don't know any of that. Um, I do. Steph does. <laughs> these are Blowfish sneakers. I we can't. love that. All right. Well, I love it. Thank you so much, Tramp. And thank you for coming nice. out to Brooklyn. I mean, Tramp. that's a big deal. Oh, my God. Yeah, Brooklyn. Trekking out to Brooklyn for this. Before we get started, could you say that your name? Julia. And can you tell us what your question is for us today? Okay. My question is kind of a work question. And I recently got a great promotion. Congratulations. Which is great. And I love where I work. And it's a great team. And everyone gets along. And it's amazing. But the only problem is it's a small team. So I'm like the second official hire. Okay. And so the first official hire is like great team player. We get along great. But it's like a little bit of this thing now where like, I was hired to do a certain thing that he kind of wants to do. Uh, I'm maybe more qualified to do it, have more experience doing it. But so we're kind of both doing. Are you jockeying? We're jockeying a little bit. And I end up feeling like I dip into his projects certain times and kind of give it a little bit of a boost. And he does the same to me, but it's, he helps with stuff I could do and mm-hmm. I'm trying to do more of, whereas I'm kind of getting pulled in to kind of pull it all together and make it more of a value add, it feels like. But so I'm not really getting the credit. And so I'm trying to be a team player, but then I feel like I'm not getting the credit. So it's Is like... Is he taking the credit? Kind of, but I, yeah, a little, but like he started it off. He like deserves some of the credit, but I feel but like you the picked things, it up and ran. Yeah. And I feel like he's not picking it up and running with it. So I'm Ooh. like... So I'm like, I kind of have given the open the door a couple times to pick it up and run. And I'm like, here, I like made this document with all the things you should know. And I sent it to you. And he's like, oh, where's that? I'm like, okay. So my first question to you is, is he doing that thing where he's taking all of your strong qualities Mm -hmm. and making you do more of the work and he's positioning himself because I think what we're talking about is politics right now Mm -hmm. and is he positioning himself like I'm overseeing and I'm this and you are is that happening a little bit yeah but I feel like I've gotten to a place where like when I get pulled in I'm like okay I know everything now I've like learned everything that Mm -hmm. I need to know to be pulled in at all to be able to help because otherwise how am I going to help I'm like, okay, now I know everything that's happening, but you're wanting because to be the one in charge. Because he knows you have it. He wants to be the name player on I the know. project, but he yeah. wants you to do all the grunt work. Yeah. So my other question is, what's the setup 
on your team. Who do you both report into? We, Someone else? Yeah. Okay. So when you were rolled out, uh-huh. like as the second employee, uh-huh. like, was it clear? This is your lane. This is his lane. Because no. I think oftentimes, <laughs> oftentimes, they're always like, We'll figure it out when you get yeah, here. Yeah, that's what and that's, I, that's what's happening. the kiss they're of like, death. They're like, you guys will figure it out between yourselves. And like, you know, but also your credit is determined by how much work you're going to do on each project. You don't have a guaranteed Yes thing. and no. Well, that's the, the line that I was told. Right. But I can see already, I'm like looking into the future and I'm like, there's no good options because either I have to remove myself out of it and be yep. like, people are asking me to do this thing because I'm better at it yep. and to help and be a team player. But I know if I keep just doing that, I'm going to no, be... No, you're just going to be his second. Yeah. And so I'm not going to get the big... Like, I'm yeah. like, for me, it's not worth... Is it worth doing if I'm not going to be, like, recognized in the same way as the stuff where I'm leading and I can really own it? It's I've, more... Yeah, it's a more comfortable place. But then it's, like, the team player thing where I'm, like, you know, well, we're also, all chipping I wanna, in. I want to say, fuck the team player. Because okay. <laughs> I think innately... And I can only say that because mm. you sound like a non-selfish person who cares about the, the larger person. I do. If you're not that person, I wouldn't be saying... Fuck yeah. the team player yeah. thing. But I'm saying, I think that's getting in the way right now. And mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of things that are happening. Mm-hmm. One is it sounds like there's a level of politics that's happening. Yeah. And he's good at it. Mm. The second thing that sounds like it's happening is that there isn't clarity across mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that sounds like it's happening is that, like, you need a strategy. Because what I'm hearing is this is a stepping stone for you. Mm-hmm. And so the first part is, like, okay, like the politics. Mm-hmm. He's good at it. Know it. Mm-hmm. Know that he's good at it and watch him in that way. And I, I hate to be so gross about the workplace, but people are political. Yeah. So there's an awareness that comes with that. But you can't begin any of your own strategy work until you have an open and honest conversation and see what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah. I have gotten the advice to have an open, honest conversation. Do you not I, want to? No, I do. I'm just, you know, kind of, avoid, I'm avoiding it at the moment. Tell but me I why. think that's the... Well, because there's part of me, okay, this is the real reason why I feel like an outcome of the conversation might be me taking myself out of the running, but part of me is competitive, is ambitious and wants to be like involved to get something out of it. But then I'm in this kind of not ideal Well, the best part of your strategy Mm -hmm. and you can't move to strategy until you have the conversation and know what's going on. Yeah. Like right now, it sounds like you got half the information as to what he's up to. Yeah. And by the way, if you have some open and honest conversation where you walk in like, I do this, you do that. And if he's really good at politics, Mm -hmm. then that's going to go sideways because he's going to game you. But you'll know it. Yeah. And then you'll act accordingly. But it's almost like... It's almost like when you go to a financial planner, if you were to go to a financial planner without all of your financial records, Mm -hmm. there's no way they can help you. So without having had that conversation with him to see what he's up to and be strategic about how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's this like interesting thing of like competition versus cohesion. Yes. And I just haven't been, it's an interesting, like I can kind of step outside of it and look at it in that way of like. It's an interesting dynamic and problem. But do you feel like he's thinking about competition and cohesion? Because it sounds like you think he's only thinking about competition. No, I think he actually is. I think he is like trying to be helpful too. But I think his skill set, he wants to like maybe move beyond. And like, I can kind of see like what he wants out of it. I just think like maybe the other people on my team like trust me more to do certain things. And like, but, 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 yeah. but, but why? 
Because you know what I'm, I'm saying? Like Carrie was our expert in season one and season two. And she told me something that I thought was one of the most brilliant pieces of advice for women in the business place. She said, women always come in and pick up the pieces for everyone. And she said, she went to this whole coaching seminar and the person said, what if you let it fail? And I was like, when she told me that, like my whole back went up and I was just like, I never let anything fail. But the people who are in charge, that should be on them, mm-hmm. not you. How long have you been at the job? I've been at the place for like over like a year and a half. Like getting the title didn't really change what I was doing very much. But, but it was like but that's more than enough change. time that yeah. you've earned the right to sit down and go, things are murky. Yeah. I feel like I was brought in to do this and you were brought in to do this and I'm dipping in here and you're dipping in there. I'd like some more clarity in our roles. And I, w- I would also like to say to you, when I tee you up and I say, here's everything, run. Like, maybe you need to be more direct. Maybe you need to say, it's yours now. Yeah. I think ending a sentence with, okay, so you have this Mm -hmm. is a really great way to CYA to cover your own ass Mm -hmm. and put that in writing and then to also let it fail. Yeah. Do you do weeklies with your manager? Do you talk about any of this? I would look to your manager because it sounds like you have a really shit manager. (laughs) Um, it sounds like there's no structural frankly, organization. Like, there's really not really have, structure. Like you can't be on the same team as someone in your team if your manager hasn't told everyone that they're on the same team. And it doesn't sound like you even know what your role is in the team or that he does either. So like that's a question for management, I think. Yeah. And if you go to your manager or to him or whatever and it comes out and you walk out in the same way, well, then you know what you're dealing with. Then you know this is a shit show and protect myself. And then you can create a strategy out of that. And maybe part of your strategy is what's my next move, but you can't do any of that without the information. Yeah. Do you have like an Asana or like project management system that things are assigned to you in? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do things that aren't assigned to you? Well, it's like, they'll get assigned to me from a different bucket. Sometimes I'll get brought in. And then you may need to start questioning that. Get a visual representation of that. Yeah. Try to. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of write everything down. Yeah. Dates, experiences, what happened, and and get the receipts. Yeah. Again, it's like it's hard to say like that you have to act like that. But I'm like of the like mind of just kind of like uh, until I'm told differently. I'm I'm acting as if. Yeah. Being protective. I feel helped. Open conversation well, with Jude Bro. Uh-huh. Open conversation don't, with your manager. Don't clean up Jude Bro's problems. Yeah. Structure. And then manager. All right. Well, I would like, will you give us an update? Oh, at sure. At some point? We yeah. would love a well-adjusting update. Oh, okay. And, and I Thank hope you. that the well-adjusting update involves a promotion and that guy's out. Beat it. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. What question did you come today with? I, I think I came just with like a plethora of issues just to unload. Love that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. We are your dumping station, oh, but not in a dirty way. Okay. Hot. Very good. So, you know, the last couple of years have been difficult. There have been a lot of uh, changes in my life. In, in the last couple of years, you know, of course, COVID happened, which screwed up yeah. a lot of things and altered the course of my career trajectory and various things, but I also had a lot of family losses as well. My father passed away. My oh, my grandmother, oh, thank you. My, my grandmother passed away. My great aunt 
three of our family dogs. And oh my God, it, so much loss. A lot, a lot. And in you know, the middle of a global pandemic. In the middle so of a global no big pandemic. Deal. No, no big deal. And on top of all of that, I was in a long-term relationship that ended very disastrously. And even, you know, my mother selling our family home and moving to Florida. It's just been one thing after another. And there's been a lot of heartbreak involved. You yeah. know, my relationship that ended... You know, that was four years. We lived together during the pandemic. Yeah. We were in a tiny one-bedroom apartment with uh, myself, my gargantuan cat, and her <laughs> and her tiny dog. It was very difficult. Just to add to it, my father had let us know that he had terminal cancer in oh May of God, 2010. Alex. Yeah. So in July, when she moved in, you know, I was driving her up from Georgia in a U-Haul. So I had her in the passenger seat crying hysterically. And my father called me and with his thick Dutch accent, he was like, my son, I will not be here at the end of the week. You know, because the cancer had progressed enough so. And he was in the Netherlands. So he had the option to get it over with. And he did. So, and I respect him for that. So I got that call literally as I was moving her in. Wow. And it... It was weird because, you know, I was trying to comfort her because she's uprooting her life to come live with me, and now... And your life is uprooted. Yeah, now now I'm mourning my father, you yeah. know, on top of it. And, you know, my, my relationship with him was somewhat estranged. I hadn't seen him in years, but we would talk semi-regularly. Yeah, but either way, I mean, even if you don't know your parent, I think that still, matter. there's an untethering. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Perfect and, word. You know, what made it worse was, you know, I was never able to see him, you know, yeah. and with the pandemic going on, it, it was impossible and ridiculous to travel to Europe yeah. at that time. No. So, so this is all happening at the same time. Yeah, pandemic, all, moving someone, your dad is. Yeah. So, so that was what year? That was 20, 2020. And so that was all in July. It was strange. And what made it more difficult for me was. I have a brother and a sister. I have a half-brother who's much older. And my father left my brother when he was very young. So my brother didn't really have many memories. And my brother was also raised in Switzerland. So yeah. we had very different backgrounds. And my sister and my father were never very close. And my mother had her own bias against my father, and rightfully so. Sure. Um, so when he passed... I felt like I was mourning alone in a weird yeah. way because yeah. my, my brother and my sister definitely felt it, but they they were much more disconnected than yeah, I was. Your partner and who your you're living there. with is and going she, through her own thing. So I imagine yeah. just based off you saying that last thing where you're like, I didn't want to uproot her more. Yeah. It's like, oh. So you're and handling she, all this on your own. Yes. And I mean, she, she definitely tried. Yeah. I didn't really know how to grieve for him because when I would ever, I would bring it up to my mother, she would just be like, well, your father wasn't in your life. Yeah. Why are you, why are you so distraught? I, I almost felt like I had to justify grieving for him. Yeah. My question is just to like bring it into the present because yeah. right now we're talking a lot about like stuff that had happened and it was a lot. Yeah. So what are you... What is left over that you're grappling with right now? In terms of my father? Um, or in terms or of anything. all of it. Because, Alex, you just laid out 
in the last three years, a whole heap of shit yeah. that has been landed on your shoulders. Like, how are you processing it? I've, I've tried. You know, I, you know, this this past year especially was was a struggle because my my grandmother and I were very close. My grandmother was like my world, and she passed away in February. And on top of everything, you know, with with work and just, I. I felt defeated. Yeah. I felt um, I, I felt like I lost myself in a yeah. weird way. I felt like, you know, there was another version of me that was a lot more upbeat, witty, and whatever. And I feel like I don't remember what it was like to be that person. Yeah. And, you know, there are, like, echoes of it. There will be moments where I'm on the phone with, like, my cousin or a friend. And, you know, we'll have a conversation and I'll start to get upbeat and into it again and I'll be like oh I, this is what it's like to feel like me. me and then you know I'll get off the phone and I'll just sink into like this depressive state what you're describing and and I'm familiar with it I know Steph is familiar with it is depression yeah you know you're describing like a weight of things falling on you and not being able to remember who you were yeah and then having glimpses of it the glimpses to me are hope yeah, because they mean that you're still in there, but they're also reminders of maybe work that needs to be done. And I just wonder: Are you just continuing to move but not taking care of yourself? There's yeah, there's definitely truth to that. I find myself just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, in the day, just like I have to this do this. This is what I do. This yeah, is what this I do. Is what I, I do. wake up. I do this. I wake up. I, I I go to work, and then at night I come home and I work on my business or I sit with my cat in front of the television um, and I'm just going to keep on moving type situation, you know, and of course I'm, I'm in therapy and I, and I talk to my therapist. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And, and that's very helpful. Um, It can get really easy to like get in the day to day and just go do and then not be like, what do I need today? Yeah. What would make me happy? Like, like, I know you're working on a business and then you've got a day job, but like, what brings you joy and are you bringing that into your life? Huh. I mean, I guess no. I'm, you know, <laughs> I guess I mean, no. <laughs> I always say that the only thing in this world that brings me joy is my cat. And he does. He's an asshole, but he does. <laughs> um, so I feel like your cat and my cat should hang out because she's also an asshole. Oh, God. But we'll, I love we'll, her so we'll, much. We'll bring them together if we want the house destroyed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Have the cats go at it. Um, but there has to be more that brings you joy. Um, yeah, but you know... Or maybe that's an area to explore. I think so, because... Because, I mean, the reason I say this is, like, you've had so much trauma. And, like, I love that you're seeing a therapist, but, like... Also, what are you bringing in? Like, if you're shoveling the shit out, there's a hole. What joy can you bring in? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I just kind of fill my days with necessities. Yeah. Things to, uh, to keep going. But, like, every day you do that is a day that you'll never have back. Exactly. That's also like survival, you know, like your body and your brain, you are a human, you want to survive. We're like programmed for the most part to like keep ourselves surviving. So like 
to an extent, you're trying to survive. So you're yeah. keeping yourself busy. You're doing the things to like get through the like checklist. But a lot of the stuff that you're grieving happened a while ago. So, I mean, I had, I, like, my nonna I was very, very close to. And when she died, I had a similar thing where I was, like, overperforming and overdoing. It wasn't for years after that that I was like, oh, I was sort of trying to, like, I mean, Robin always says, Work like, the grief away. Yeah, like, work it off or something. And I to -do was list doing it that. away. Yeah, to-do list it. But the thing is that at a certain point, I, like, sort of woke up and I was like, wait, what am I doing and the grief comes in, like, waves, right? Like, it's never going to be over. And yeah. you're always going to go through periods where, like, you're going to overwork or whatever and try to, like, drown it out a bit. But to, like, bring in some amount of joy, which is also, I feel like, as you get older, hard to do. Like, yeah. what brings you joy? It can also be frightening. Oh, yeah. Because it can be like, well, what if I don't have joyful things and I don't know what I want to do? But... I think if you give yourself that space and if there's no judgment towards yourself or as little judgment, because let's be honest, we're all doing that. Yeah. But if you can catch yourself and go, Alex, you're judging yourself. Stop. What would make me happy right now? And if it's dancing in your underwear, fucking do it. Yeah. That's why I like to call it play. Yes, I love that. Like you know, find, like finding joy or whatever to me always feels like there's pressure. Yeah. But like play, I'm like, okay, what am I doing that's playful today? And it could be anything. It could be like, yeah, dancing in my house. It could be going for a walk and like looking at the sparkly water. It could be going to a movie. So there's no... There's no like rules, when you were a there's kid no boundaries. you were playing, there was no expectation, you know? Nice. It was yeah. just like, we are playing and this time is important for me. And it's honestly how we learn. And then for some fucking reason, we become adults and we're like, just kidding. You don't, don't learn from Be play serious. anymore. Be serious. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, that's not true. We like still learn from play. Oh, yeah. Less so than when we were six, but it's important to do. So I think trying to be a little cute with yourself. Yeah. I think I've kind of prohibited myself from doing stuff like that at times because I, I feel... Because you got to be a serious businessman. Yeah, yeah exactly. To I a have certain, to plan yeah, my next move. I have to plan the next move. I have to be doing something to advance my life at every moment. And... Um, well, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. But I firmly believe, and I know Steph agrees with me on this, that play and all these experimentational things actually move you forward more than just going, I do this now, I do this now, I do this now. Yeah. I think that when you are your brightest person stuff comes to you yeah yeah people come to you opportunities come to you and joy comes it definitely doesn't come when i'm in a checklist no that's definitely true because i've thought back to better days and where i was mentally at those times and you know i wasn't i wasn't really thinking about it and things would just happen positive things yeah and i find that um i'm in what my therapist has called the maze where i'm just like in this mental mindset yes. where i just in this repeated like almost like i mean it, it is it's an obsessive thought yeah. pattern it's a cycle yeah exactly and it's very very difficult to get out of i would i would love for you to find some way maybe it's talking to a friend or journaling or visioning or I don't know writing a story but what 
Who's the Alex that you miss? That person that showed up in the glimmer. Yeah. Trauma Alex exists. You're here. You're my friend. You're in me. I can't make you go away. But where's fun Alex from 1999? Yeah. Where's childhood Alex? Like bringing back some of those other people, but then looking for, oh, well, I love fun Alex. Fun Alex would go to that. Yeah. Like just finding your way in that way. I think that'll help. And again, what Steph said, no judgment. Yeah, no. If you sure. can. If you can. Just play. That's better said. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's a work in progress. And, you know, I definitely want to, to, to recapture myself. Yeah. But I also... I also kind of... I feel like I've learned so much. And that's really altered a lot of my perspective with relationships, with career, with family. I mean, all of the things that have happened over the last few years have been really shitty, but I I don't know if given the opportunity, I would go back in time and erase it all and do it differently because- It makes you who you are. It makes me who I am. That's the thing is, I think for you is like stepping into a statement of like, now what? But in the best possible way. Sometimes I think the phrase now what is like, ugh fucking now what I want you to step into the fucking world is your oyster and now what that's I'm excited for you (laughs) it's definitely something to uh, to move towards there's something there yeah Woo! now that was exciting Okay, first of all, my fear, like that that huge fear that I had that no one was going to show up, well, it turned out to be completely unfounded. So many people showed up and they had so many problems that we have to split this live show into two episodes. I mean, aside from people having all these problems, it sounds like a good thing to me because it means more well-adjusting. So here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Come back next week for part two of our Live from a Brooklyn Bar Well-Adjusting. See you then. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it, but like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original series. It's exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Our producer and editor is Maria Passingham. And our production manager is Kathleen Speckert. Thank you to the entire Edit Audio team and to you for listening. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it.